continue on in here with a great time. See, we're studying the book of Hebrews, and from halfway through chapter 6 to halfway through chapter 10, the writer to Hebrews is constantly making a comparison. He's making a comparison between the earthly tabernacle made with human hands and the true tabernacle, which is in the heavenlies. And this contrast goes back and forth and back and forth between them. And I've been looking for a place to be able to do what we're doing today because I I know we need to bridge the gap for I don't know how many people here, but I know some people. Because as we keep making this comparison between the earthly tabernacle and the true or heavenly tabernacle, some people are going, I have no idea what you're talking about. Because they've never seen it. They've never had it explained. They've never been in that part of Scripture because they're just new to the Scriptures. And so today, what I want to do is we're, going to, we're still in our study in Hebrews, but I want, to take, and I want to take a little bit of time to bridge a gap to explain to people about the earthly tabernacle. We need to understand that the, the, re, the receivers the, who, who received the letter to the Hebrews They knew immediately, in this discussion of this earthly tabernacle, they knew immediately what the writer was writing about. But it's not like that tabernacle still exists in this day and age that we can go see it. Um, Nor is it that we build things quite like that. And so to us, it's just some foreign kind of weird thing. But it wasn't weird to them. It made perfect sense. Sense. So in order that we don't lose people completely in these four chapters, I'm going to take a little bit of a break, and we're going to explain what that earthly tabernacle was all about. Now, in order to do that, what we're going to do is I'm going to rearrange a few things here. You can see we've already tried to clear a little space on this platform. I'm going to try and clear a little bit more. I want to understand something, that the people of Israel, there came a point when they were enslaved for 400 years by Pharaoh down in Egypt, right? We generally would know this, I trust. So if Egypt is here, we're aware, most of us have at least heard this part of the story, that Moses led the people across the Red Sea, God led them down southeast. Now, ultimately, they're going to wind up up here. They came from here. They want to go up here, but he leads them down to the southeast. Now, we're told specifically why. One, to avoid a military encampment that would scare them. But two, down here in the southeast, in a place called Sinai, down there, God is going to begin to reveal things to them that they need to know. And one of the things he's going to reveal, and we'll just see it briefly, is is this whole thing about this earthly tabernacle. Then they're going to carry this earthly tabernacle. Understand what we're talking about here today is something that can be moved. It can be picked up, broken down, I should say, into its various parts, picked up and carried, which is what needs to happen. And eventually they will, after building it, they will pick it up and they will carry it. Are you with me? That's what we want to understand. It all happened shortly after they left Egypt. So, Paul, if you could get us started on the screen there. I'm going to try and do it this way. In the third month after the children of Israel had gone out of the land of Egypt, on the same day, they came to the wilderness of Sinai. And Moses went up to God. Now, you'll notice all sorts of verses are being, they're either being skipped or you're getting parts of verses. 
So it's the only way we can get it done in the amount of time we have available to us, okay? And Moses went up to God, and the Lord called to him from the mountain, saying, Thus you shall say to the house of Jacob, and tell the children of Israel, You have seen what I did to the Egyptians, and how I bore you on eagles' wings, and brought you to myself. That is, he delivered them from slavery. Now therefore... If you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be a special treasure to me above all people, for all the earth is mine, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words which you shall speak to the children of Israel. I want, if you would, to notice, because we're going to, we want to take note of this part right here, okay? You will indeed, if you obey my voice, you shall be a special treasure to me above all people For all the earth is mine. You shall be a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. So Moses was given instruction in Exodus chapter 19. He was given instruction that this people, which has been delivered from slavery, now is going to be God's select people. They are going to be set apart for a significant purpose that God has for them as a nation. And they are going to be Unique. So that is God's instruction to Moses to tell the people such. Then it came to pass. There's some more instruction that's happening. We're still there in Sinai. Then it came to pass on the third day, the Lord came down upon Mount Sinai on the top of the mountain, and the Lord called Moses to the top of the mountain, and Moses went up. We're now in Exodus chapter, uh, we're going to come to Exodus chapter 20. And God spoke all these words saying, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. You shall have no other gods before me. If you know the Ten Commandments, you know this is where it begins. Don't have time to read through all the Ten Commandments. But God gives to Moses right here. He gives him the Ten Commandments, which follow. He gives him all sorts of other instruction. You will recall, as we've been looking in the book of Hebrews, we've been talking about that what we have with Christ, a high priest after the order of Melchizedek, we have a better high priest and we have better promises. Right here, God is laying out and he's going to begin to explain some of, some of the promises and what we would call the covenant, this, to this working relationship that he's establishing with his chosen peculiar people, this kingdom of priests that he has delivered from Egypt. Okay, so I just wanted you to see that before we get to what we want to talk about, there's a number of chapters that are there, and God is instructing them and laying out the, the, uh, the features of the covenant. All right, we're going to come to chapter 25. Significant thing that is said, chapter 25. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel, that they bring me an offering from everyone who gives it willingly with his heart. You shall take my offering. Get that. They've just been delivered from slavery. And out of the things that they have, that they've carried with them, when they were basically run out of Egypt, they are to take an offering. When we built this worship center, people had a chance to get involved. We did a campaign in which basically we didn't have people bring like lights. They didn't bring carpeting. We asked them if they would bring cash and then donate cash, and then we would, what, purchase these things. But there's no place to run to the local Menards to pick up carpeting. 
So they're going to work with what they have with them. You may ask the question, how is it that they have this kind of stuff with them? Remember, they, they, they spoiled the Egyptians. God, with, the, with the, the sequence of ten plagues, he had the people in Egypt so ready for the Israelites to go that they gave them stuff and said, get out of here. We do not need your God to be afflicting us with these plagues anymore. So now there are these resources that have been handed to them. Okay, And so out of that, God asks for an offering. And they will give that offering. But notice, let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. They're going to build something, something physical, something tangible, something that everyone could see. It would be very noticeable that will be in the very center of all that they do as a nation now. And God says, I will dwell with them in this thing you're going to build. According to all that I show you, that is the pattern of the tabernacle and the pattern of all its furnishings, just so you shall make it. Now, if you've been with us in the study of the, of, in the book of Hebrews, you understand that what we, where we're in the middle of is comparing... This earthly thing and this heavenly thing. The heavenly thing gave the pattern by which Moses was to build the earthly thing. And what we're seeing in Hebrews is that we have a better tabernacle, a better priest, better covenant, better promises. That's the whole point in Hebrews. But if you don't understand the earthly, this earthly heavenly contrast makes no sense. But Moses was given clear instructions... Do you see that? I underlined it. Just so you shall make it. He was given a blueprint and was given very clear instructions. You follow this blueprint precisely. Why? Because it represents, it's the mock-up, is the phrase that we have used, of the true tabernacle which is in heaven. Moses is the only one who's got the vision of that right now. But God is giving him instructions for this. What I find fascinating, and I don't know, I don't, don't study ancient literatures and what we have found, but ultimately we're going to be given a blueprint for what they were to build. And I found myself asking the question, is there any other structure that we know of that doesn't now exist, but that we actually have the written blueprint for? I don't know, maybe, but it's kind of a unique thing to think about. All right, so they are going to follow the pattern just so. All right, that's important. And in fact, we make huge jumps here. First, he says what it is, then they're going to say how they built it, and then they're going to just, I think it's four times we will find repeated all of this stuff that we're going to look at now. Four times. You kind of go, okay, I get it, I get it, I get it. What's the point? The point is how exacting they were to be. The point is, this pattern was to be followed and to testify that it actually was followed. Okay. And now here's where we're going to begin to dig in now. The first thing, and by the way, they, they made it out of what they had with them, right? So we're doing the same thing. I've been, we walked around the church, Josh and I walked around the church this week, said, how are we going to build a sanctuary, all right? And they shall make an ark of acacia wood, and you shall overlay it with pure gold. We didn't have a lot of gold lying around. 
In fact, we didn't even have much by way of acacia wood, okay? That was a little hard to find. But we did find a box. There are two arks that are mentioned in Scripture. Here's one. The other one is much bigger. What's the other one? Noah's Ark. And although we tend to want to, and it's great for children's books, in our little children's Bibles, we have Noah's Ark. It's this nice little, it's got a nice little hull on it, and it's got the double roof, and the giraffe is always sticking his head out the window. We've seen that. We can all visualize it, right? This was cute little Noah's Ark. That was not what Noah's Ark looked like. Noah's Ark was a box, a long, square box. All right? That's all that it was. So an ark, we get a sense, is a box, okay? And you shall make a mercy seat of pure gold. You shall make two cherubim of gold. And the cherubim shall stretch out their wings above covering the mercy seat with their wings. And they shall face one another. And that is the lid to the box, which we don't have up here yet, but we will. All right? So that's the first thing he's told that he needs to make. Why is that the first thing he's told he's to make? Because that is the critical element in the whole thing. It is the focal point of everything. The ark with the mercy seat and these gold angels over it. You shall put the mercy seat on top of the ark, and in the ark you shall put the testimony that I will give you. We have the Ten Commandments right here. All right? As God wrote them, okay? I got that upside down. Okay. Carrie was struggling there. All right? There we go. Carrie, see him now? That's right, okay? There we are. Okay, very good. The Ten Commandments. There we are. Okay, we got that. We got the ten. They're going to wind up in there. And there I will meet with you. I will speak with you from above the mercy seat, from between the two cherubim, which are on the ark of the testimony, about everything which I will give you in commandment to the children of Israel. That is why this is the focal point, friends. God is is going to manifest his presence right there. Above the box with the cover on it known as the mercy seat. It is central to everything. Are you with me? That's the first thing. You shall also make a table of acacia wood, and you shall overlay it with pure gold and make a molding of gold all around. Okay, anybody know where we can find a table? Of course you do. There's one right here, okay? This is the table. And that's going to not get covered in gold. Uh, We're going to leave it as it is, but that's our table that we have here. And that table is going to have things put on it which we won't go into detail as to what they are. Oh, by the way, you can follow this all ultimately in your... This, we are not filling in words and sentences. You see we're filling in words in terms of what we're building here. Okay? And if you hold it so that the seam is up, that's how we're going to do it. Okay? So that the the seam is up. Uh, the fold is up. Okay. So you shall also make a lampstand of pure gold. The lampstand shall be a hammered work. These used to be like 1980s bright brass. Well, they got painted. They look a whole lot nicer right now. But we have candelabras. We're going to use that as our lampstand. Moreover, you shall make the tabernacle with ten curtains of fine woven linen. With artistic designs of cherubim, you shall weave them. So the tabernacle, in this context now, is an actual tent structure. It has posts, and it has fabric covering, and skins coverings, and all sorts of things, but it's very precisely made. And that is what the tabernacle is, which will cover 
these things. They will be placed inside the tent. You shall make a veil woven of blue, purple, and scarlet thread and fine woven linen. It shall be woven with an artistic design of the cherubim. Then you shall bring the Ark of the Testimony in there behind the veil. Whoops. The veil shall be a divider for you between the holy place and the most holy. So now this tabernacle that we're going to be building is going to be divided into two sections. You've got the holy place is one section, and then the most holy, or referenced other wares, and if, and if you're filling in your thing, we call it the holy of holies. And in Hebrews, it's the Hagiah Hagion, the holy of holies. And we will be uh, seeing that as we put it together. But um, tent structure divided by a veil. You shall make an altar of acacia wood, five cubits long and five cubits wide. Now, a cubit, we're going to work with about 18 inches for a cubit. So that means if it's five cubits long, that is seven and a half feet. So this is seven and a half feet square, and it sits a few. Three cubits high would be about four and a half feet high. And this altar is made for, they bring their sacrifices, they're going to be burned. Okay, so you need a place to burn them. And you're going to wind up, this is all I'm going to give you right now, you're going to wind up with a grate in there, and they're going to burn them on the grate. All right, so that's there. And we do have that. We do have, representing our grill, it's a little small, but this is from one of the racks in one of the ovens. All right, pulled it out, because what do we do? We cook meat in there, right? That's what we have. We have our own grate that is there. And you shall make an altar to burn incense on. You shall make it of acacia wood. Wait, did I skip something there? Uh, I did. Okay. Boy, I skipped a lot. Five. Did I miss it earlier? Okay. We got there. Make an altar of acacia wood. Five. five okay, good. You shall also make the court. Oh, the court of the tabernacle. All right. Now, the court of the tabernacle, basically, it's a screened area so that the Gentiles... The general public can't see what's going on. They don't have access. It also keeps the general population of Israel out because only the priests are going to get into this. What we're going to envision for our courtyard is we're going to have three walls of it. There's one wall. That's the short wall. Here's the long wall. And then here's another short wall. And we're not building this wall across here, okay? Are you with me? So that's what the courtyard is. For those of you who are scholars in this, do not try and, and hook me on the directions on the compass. I know the directions on the compass. I even have a theory as to why the directions on the compass. But we're not going to do that because we're 90 degrees off in here, and I'm not going to try and mess with that. Okay? Very good. Because some of you are just going to be like, oh, it's okay, people. It's all right for what we're trying to do here today. So we got the courtyard, which is a tall screened area. It's already here for us. You shall make an altar to burn incense on. You shall make it of acacia wood. You shall overlay its top, its sides all around, and its horns with pure gold. The altar of incense is actually quite uh, small. It is square, but it is small, and it's not too far off in shape than this table right here, although it would be made of wood and overlaid with gold. But it is square and then rectangular, and it stands like that. Are you with me? Are we good? Say, I don't understand where we're going with this. You will. Uh, then the Lord spoke to Moses saying, you shall also make a laver of bronze 
with its base also of bronze for washing. What's a laver? A laver is a place to wash. What's another name for the washroom? If you're looking for the washroom in a public building, you're looking for the, the lavatory, okay? So you get it. We do understand what that's about. So they're going to make a, a, a bronze wash basin. Again, it needs to be of such a size that it can be moved because they're going to carry this stuff. All right. So then God instructs them that they are to put all of this together. He gives them a specific order in which they are to put it together. And so here's where I need some help. All right? I need every young person, everyone, Cole, every time Cole comes home, I'm doing this to him. Oh, did he leave? Did he know we were coming up to this? I saw him here earlier. Did he say, I'm getting out of here before he asks me? Did he say that? All right, well, when he, oh, man, I was going to have so much fun with Cole. All right, well, that's how that goes. Okay, he got sick before I had him up here. I need every young person from college age on down who's still in the worship center who can walk and manage themselves, okay? Come up here right now. I need your help, all right? Every young person, college age on down, I need a lot is what it comes down to, okay? I need a lot. All right, good. Oh, this is good. This is good, all right. Cole's going to feel so left out. It serves him right. Wow. All right, so here's, here's what we have to do. We, you guys, are the tabernacle. You're the, you're the tent, okay? That's what I need you to be. So what I want is for the tallest of you, and you, group, you guys came as a group, okay? Right over here, yeah. Okay, if I'm pointing to you now, you come on up here, okay? I'm just keeping my hand about here. That's good. There, there, there. There, 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 there. Yeah, those are you. You're the tallest ones. You come up here right now. Okay, come on up. Come on up. You come on up here right now. You are going to create the tent. Come on. Come, 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 come. I need to, this, we, hey, if you guys leave here saying, boy, Gary's sermons take too long, I'm going to say you guys are the ones who took too long, all right? <laughs> Getting up here, all right? I'll blame you. So you are a tent, okay? You're a tent. So what we need to do, when we're talking about a tent, we're not talk- the outer screen is just a screen. Sunlight's coming in, but you're a tent, so we have to close this thing off, all right? So you're like this, okay? Are you with me? Come on over here, buddy. You're the outside wall to this tent, okay? Are you with me? You go right here, right like that. There you are. Okay, come on. Okay, there you are. There, buddy. You're the tent, all right? All right. The rest of you fill that in, okay? And I need, now over here, at this end of the tent, there's actually a there's a screen that, that's there, but I need you guys to stretch out to the very, very end, okay? Got to bring my tent down here further, okay? You're the tent, all right? And then, let me just, I'm going to do a count something here for a reason. One, two, five, six, seven, eight, okay. Uh, three, six, eight, I'm trying to figure the math on that. Uh, well, we'll make it work, okay? Stand by your brother, okay? Okay, there you are. Come on over here, buddy. Close up. Okay, that's good. You are the tent, rectangular in shape, Okay? The first, I need somebody now who's going to create a veil that's going to partition this tent. All right? So, to partition the tent, I'm going to take, oh, how about, I'll need about four of you. All right? Okay, you got four right here? Come right up here. I want you to go right here. In fact, boy, we got enough people that I can do better than this. You guys are part of the tent too. All right? Get in there. I can get a solid wall. I got enough of you. I want some more tent people. Okay, right in here. 
Come on in here. You guys, I, this is even better than I expected. All right? Come on up here. You're tent people. Okay? Because you're going to... Everything now happens inside of you. Are you with me? Okay. We good? We good? Yeah, this should be good. I think I'm good. All right. Squeeze in there. And I want you to go all the way back to the corner. Take up as much space as you can. All right? Because this thing ultimately was pretty, pretty good size. Okay? It was square. Can you see that on your diagram? It was square. Are you with me? Okay. Now, the next thing that I'm going to need is I'm going to, let's see. First thing we do is we build a tabernacle. We just built the tent structure, didn't we? Now, we need to bring in the ark. Okay? So I need some movers because there were people appointed to do moving. All right? So while we're moving, you guys aren't going to stay up here, but you guys are going to be my movers. All right? So I need two of you to take the ark, which is this box. Okay? Go ahead. Two of you to bring it in. Now, you got to Now it would be carried differently. Please understand that. One of you take each end. There you go, honey. That's it. There you go. Good. Okay, so you're going to come, and you're going to place the ark. And it's going to go right here. Are you with me? And it's going this way. Are you with me now? That's the ark. Okay. And you set it down, and you go back until there's more to move. Now, the ark, remember, had a mercy seat. It had the covering of pure gold with the angels that were there. In fact, the outside covering of the tabernacle was animal skins. The inside was a woven fabric, and woven into the fabric were angels. Are you with me? Angels. So, here we go. I need some angels. You little kids, they're just like angels, aren't they? All right, so here's why I need the littler kids, okay? You are inside. Come on. Littler kids, come up here. All but the four that I said are going to help move things. Who are the four? Okay, there's my four movers. The rest of you, come on up here. You're angels, all right? Okay, so you have to be very angelic. Oh, tent people, got to have you up here, okay? And inside of them, come on, kids, come on in here, all right? Inside of them, and I got two boys, so I'm going to say, I'm going to say, Logan and Micah, I want you to stay here for now, all right? And these girls, these little, oh, Cole. <laughs> You are so missing it, buddy. This is really fun, okay? This is really fun. Okay, so girls, you are aligning to... See, their hands are going to be above you. Come on in here, all right? And you're angels, so these are your wings, okay? See this? You come right here, inside. This is actually the lining. Now, not by the box, back up by them, because you're aligning to them. Come right around, come right around, all the way around, okay? They're a tent. You're an interior... Uh, covering that, give, me, give us your angel's wings. Come on now, okay? Because you know why? Here's the deal. This is important. Because the Bible tells us that angels desire to look into the things that God is doing. The Bible also tells us that angels are always in the presence of God praising him. And God's going to make his presence known right here. So there needs to be angels watching and praising God right there, okay? There's one other thing about these angels. They're built right into the cover of this. There's two angels. They're facing each other, and their wings reach forward right towards the center. So I want you, if you would, right here, Micah and Logan, kneel down. Okay? Now you're going to Now put your hands out in front of you. Those are wings. And now you are the golden mercy seat covering the ark. Okay? And God said he's going to meet right here is where he will meet them. Okay? Next, we got to bring in the veil. Yeah, I used all my people. Okay, you just became veils, oh hero, okay? Okay. 
They wanted to be a tab part of the tabernacle tent, but to no avail, because we need a veil. So we're going to put you right across here. Just come straight across here. Yeah, Serena, we need another one here, okay? That's good. And you're going to create a straight line. You understand what I'm saying? Because you are partitioning this off. You guys stand shoulder to shoulder like this. There you are. Good. Shoulder to shoulder. I could use another veil. Come on over here, Ashley, if you would. All right. This partitions the holy place from the holy of holies. And the only thing in the holy of holies is the ark with the stuff that's going to be in it. Okay? Like the Ten Commandments. There will be some other things in there. It's a box, remember? We can put stuff in it. All right. Then, after they're instructed to put up the veil, the table and the lampstand. Can you guys handle that table? I need two big guys to handle that table. That table gets positioned right over here. Can you bring it on up? That's good. It's all good. It's all good. All right. Are we good, guys? Okay. There we are. Place that right here, if you would. Right up against... Right up against uh, these two cousins right here. And turn it this way. So it's facing this way. There you are. Are you with me? Okay. So now that's inside the tent. The next thing after we place the table, we need the lampstand. If you guys would bring the lampstand up. Now the lampstand is going to stay out here more. Because actually the lampstand goes against this open wall that we have here. So place it right here if you would. Are we good? All right. There's the lampstand. All right. After the lampstand, let's see, table, lampstand, the altar of incense, which is that square table that we had. Where did that go? Oh, there it is, right there. If you'd bring that up, and that goes right here up against the veil. Are you with me? Okay, good. Now, what we're not worrying about building in here is the closing to the outside of the tabernacle. The closing is called the gate to the, uh, to the court, if you would. Okay, we're not worrying about that. We have the altar of incense. It's going to be, they're going to burn incense right here. A screen for the door. Yeah, you guys are kind of our screen for the door. Okay, you're it. All right. Uh, and then, but I'm going to have to bring you in. I'm going to have to bring you guys in a little closer. Come on in a little closer. Come on. Come on, because we've got to get these other two pieces up there. The next thing is we have the altar of the burnt offering, okay? So if you would bring that up and bring this up and place them just in front of the, of the uh, organ, you'll notice they are not inside this enclosed structure, are they? They're not inside the enclosed structure. They're outside. They are inside the courtyard with this long... Uh, uh, a curtaining that prevents people from coming in. Okay, got the altar of the burnt offering. And then we have the laver, which is this. Would you bring that up and bring the, somebody bring the chair up so uh, he can place it? And that goes between, right over in here, okay? You put it right in here, again, to the outside. He'll put the stool down. All right. Then the last thing that they would build, okay, you guys have been great. You guys have been great. Have a seat, okay, or just sit right here. The last thing that they would build then now is the outer courtyard, which we have already said would be this, right? There's one wall. Here's another wall. Here's another wall. There is a gate here for it. And now think about what we have, people, if you can see it, okay? The priest would come. Worshiper would come. And at first he had to do this for himself just to be allowed to do this. And we'll see about that. But the priest would come. An animal sacrifice needed to be made. There's a picture in that. All right. The sacrifice would be offered on the brazen altar. Some things have to take place interiorly. 
The priests have to wash in the laver. They go through this gate that is right here. Now, the regular priests can be in here. On daily basis, things are happening. On this table, there are things called showbread, which represents the 12 tribes of Israel. Here, these lamps need to be kept lit all the time. Here we have this altar of incense where it burns. Daily, this needs to be happening. What we will learn is there's one time, the high priest only, in a very, very serious ceremony and ritual, will enter, after all the appropriate washings on it, will enter and place the blood of a sacrifice right here where God says he will meet with him. If they go into this place and they mess around in here, they get past this veil without everything being as it should be, literally they die in God's judgment. This is very solemn. Now, when you see that, and it's fun, and you guys stay right there, what I want to do now is just step back a little bit and just go, okay, from this perspective, what do we have? Remember, God said he wants to dwell among his people. You can see the outside court. You can see, if maybe peek at the right angle, you could see the place where they have the brazen altar, where they have the washing that they need to do before they can get into the tent, but you can't see anything that's going on in the tent. But what else is happening in here? Table, lampstand, incense. Are we good? Revelation tells us, in the reference to incense, that it's the prayers of... Oh, excuse me. I hope I didn't blind somebody right there. That it's the prayers of the people are represented. About three places in Revelation represent that. I believe it holds true for here also. Because now we have this veil, and here we have the mercy seat where God will meet with them. During the day... There is a pillar of cloud above this, manifesting God's presence. You can see that during the day. At night, above this, there's a pillar of fire, so you can see it. Now think about this. God's chosen people out there traveling along. Every place where they go, they pick this up, they take it by precise instruction, they put it back down. And they can't do anything until the cloud goes up because if they go in there while the cloud is there, they die. So the cloud goes up in saying it's time to go. God will lead them to the next place. They set this all up. Cloud comes back in. Now you can't get in there. All right? Now imagine what they are. They are their God is dwelling among his people. He is manifesting himself. Remember, they were going to be a peculiar people, a kingdom of priests. Remember how they were going to stand out from every other nation around them. Why? Because God himself is making this magnificent manifestation, and he's meeting them above this, right there on the mercy seat, all right? And he's making himself known. A couple of other thoughts. What we also see is there is a veil here. And we've already been told in Hebrews Because remember, he's a better priesthood of better promises, a better covenant. That's why we have an anchor for the soul. We've already been told that in the true tabernacle, because this is visible, right? This is the one made with hands. In the true tabernacle, Jesus himself, as our high priest, has entered behind the veil. Because he came and he offered the perfect sacrifice. We'll see how this all, why this all matters, okay? But imagine this group of people in mass moving towards the promised land. With their God, their very God, making himself known in the midst of them. They knew 
what the tabernacle was. There was no question to them as the writer to the Hebrews spoke about that. Okay? So, I'm going to just read you this. We're going to make a couple of quick comments. We'll be done. This is when they set it all up. Okay? All right, you got, you got to have the full tent because we're about to set this thing up. All right? All right? Cole wasn't man enough to do this. Chandon, show him you can do it. All right? And here's what we read when they first set it up. Then the cloud covered the tabernacle of meeting, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And Moses was not able to enter the tabernacle of meeting because the cloud rested above it, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Whenever the cloud was taken up from above the tabernacle, the children of Israel would go onward in all their journeys. But if the cloud was not taken up, they did not journey till the day that it was taken up. For the cloud of the Lord was above the tabernacle by day, and fire was over it by night, in the sight of all the house of Israel throughout all their journeys. They understood clearly what that whole tabernacle concept was about. They got it. I hope if, you have, if you're clueless with what it was now, you're getting it now. It was a movable place of worship with a tent. All those guys with their hands getting very tired, okay? And under that tent, these particular places, uh, pieces of furniture. Three thoughts that I just want to leave you, and I'll be quick. Number one, God is revealing his plan of redemption. He's not concealing it. This was wide out in the open. The Gentiles could see this. They could know God somehow was there. Also, the people of Israel could see our God is doing something very incredible right here. And friends, in this day and age, God is still revealing his redemptive work. He hasn't decided to hide it in any fashion. He hasn't said, you know what, it was kind of fun being out in the open air, but I've decided to become a recluse. No, God is still revealing his work. But notice this now. From Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19, beginning in verse 19. Now, therefore, this is written to us. Part of that better priesthood, better promises, better covenant, because Christ has entered in, into beyond the veil. He's accomplished everything that's needed for us. He now sits at the right hand of the Father, you will recall. Now, therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom the whole building being fit, fitted together grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you are also being built together. Notice this, for a dwelling, for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. Remember why they built this sanctuary in the first place? Exodus 25, 8. God instructed they would build a sanctuary that he might dwell among them. God's still building a building place where he could dwell among the people of the world. You know where that building place is? It's us. We are the building place. It's a better covenant, better promises, better high priest. That is amazing. That's number one. The second thing that I want us to be aware of from 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, is that it is our blessing to make God known. Because God is revealing himself in this. Notice 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. But you, written to us now of this new covenant, you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. Does that sound like where we began back in Exodus chapter 19 when God took them out of slavery? That's what he said about the Israelites. He still has a chosen priesthood a royal nation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, it's us. 
his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, who once were not a people but are now the people of God, who had not obtained mercy but now have obtained mercy. Those things which God was making known in this first earthly tabernacle, he is still revealing. Only this time the covenant is based upon the true tabernacle of what Jesus Christ has done. And it is our privilege to make him known. It is our privilege on a daily basis to say to people and to point to a world in darkness, we have a God who is worthy of our praise and our love. We have a God who is reaching out to us. We have a God who is redeeming mankind. And he's at work in our lives right now. This is the picture of the earthly tabernacle of the old covenant. We are people of the new covenant, the true tabernacle. And it's the same God who's at work in both. Father, thank you for the joy of being together. Thank you for your redemptive work. Thank you that you have not ceased to make yourself known that whether under the old covenant and this physical tabernacle made with human hands or under this new covenant where you are uniting us as believers in Jesus Christ for a place of your dwelling in the Spirit. Father, thank you that you've given us redemption. Thank you for giving us a message to a world in darkness that there is a God who seeks and saves sinners. May we carry that message gladly, I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks. Give it up for the kids, would you guys? Thank you. Great job, guys.